Hi, my name is Rachel Helm and you're listening to Afternoon Bloom. And today I'd like to talk about how to develop a palate for coffee. This is a big issue I hear from a lot of people. We are learning about coffee, we are loving coffee, and we have no idea how to actually taste coffee. So on this episode, I wanted to give you like a bunch of tips on um, how to evaluate coffee better and how to acquire a palate, as we say. So before we get into that, I wanted to throw something out there and let you guys know that I'm free... Uh, November 17th and 24th. Pretty sure those are the right dates. They're uh, Sundays at the end of November. And I'm thinking we'll do some more sensory cuppings if you guys are um, wanting to. So I will post something on Instagram. Maybe we'll do a little poll. I know it's getting into that crazy holiday season. So if those dates don't work, that's okay. I just think December is going to be a mad dash until Christmas. It's like coffee's big time of year. Um, so then we can pick things up in the new year, but this might be the last chance. Um, my birthday is at the beginning of November. So having a little fun there. So we'll see. I will put that out there. I'm thinking we could do something fun with spices. Um, Yes. So that's, I think that's the only announcement we have to make, which is fine. Um, Okay, moving on. Let's figure out how to taste coffee. This might be a shorter episode today. That's okay. Um, We're also filming video if this turns out and now you get to see my face while I do this I can't promise it'll be cute but um yeah me and Jacob are having fun he's like the all-star of all things editing so he's working on my podcast he's working on videos what can he do I don't know also can we note that he changed the intro it sounds so good I was at work listening to last week's episode and I freaked the fuck out by the roaster our wi-fi is so awful at the roastery but I figured I was like something's wrong oh fuck something happened with the audio I was so nervous and then it kept going and it was fun and new and Jacob totally surprised me so I was really excited about that so anyways if you want to let Jacob know how dope that is I have said it many times but I don't think he can hear it enough so um yes okay so let's talk about how do we acquire a palate for coffee so first things first You have to want to drink coffee to acquire a palate for coffee. I feel like that goes without saying, but it takes so much practice. Like, we're going to keep coming back to that. It takes a lot of practice. And if you're not somebody genuinely ready to dive into this world of coffee, it's not going to be very fun, and it'll feel very difficult, and all coffee is the same, and... You know, you got to go into it with the right heart. You know, my sister used to joke that whoever invented notes in coffee was just so stoned. And I'm like, I don't disagree. I think it's a really weird concept that we can pull random ass notes out of this fruity, this fruit seed that's been roasted. I don't know what to tell you guys, but they're there. We don't make this up. I used to think that, um, you know, People who made wine and beer, they were full of shit. I thought they were just, I don't know. I don't know. But it is real. The notes are there. You can find them. Um, and it's a really exciting journey. But you kind of gotta you gotta get in the headspace that those notes are there waiting for you. You can't go into it being like, I've been tasting coffee and it all tastes the same. You know what, negative Nelly? Nobody asked you to start your palate development. Okay? That's what I'll say about that. So 
let's get into it. The basics of what we're looking for for all of our positive patties out there. So we want to evaluate the sweetness, the sourness, saltiness, and bitter, or sweet, sour, salty, bitter. Those are what we're looking for. Um, I just remembered I was going to bring my flavor wheel, but that's okay. Um, we'll post a picture of the flavor wheel. I'm getting used to being on both video and audio, but they're, um, they're these beautiful flavor wheels and they kind of branch out. So they start with um, the sweet, sour, salty, bitters, florals, just general stuff. And then you can kind of move out and that's where your palate development really begins. But for now, just we're going to get to the basics. I'm going to give you tips on where to start because that flavor wheel is, is down the road a little ways. I understand that. So the first thing that I did when I started tasting coffee, I was obviously roasting coffee. I came from the roasting perspective. So I needed to learn what the heck I was doing in these roasts that made the coffees taste this way. And basically had to learn like big, enormous, valuable lessons about how sensitive the roaster can be while um, I'm roasting. So, you know, like I was saying, 30 seconds can completely change a roast. 10 seconds, all of these things affect the, um, the outcome of how that coffee is going to taste. So for me, I just needed to learn the repercussions of my actions, basically. Uh, so every 30 seconds, I'm making all these sensory notes. And then we go to the cupping room. And honestly, at first, uh, Maria Fiaios, one of the owners of Las Chicas del Café, who taught me how to roast, she would make notes. And I would kind of just copy what her and the other roaster at the time, what their notes were. So they... I would cut, it was like a cheat sheet. I had no idea where to begin, but I would see them making lighter notes on, um, like fruitier, more elevated notes on lighter coffees, like florals. Kind of, I I thought of it back in the day as like all the pretty notes come with with light rose, and then the darker we get, you really have to think like deeper things, molasses. I don't know stuff I I, I wasn't thinking about at the time, so. I started as simple as that. It was just like, what notes do I see on the bags often? What notes are they saying often? And I would write it down. So getting a sensory book is going to be a great step. You want to write everything down. And it's also fun to go back and just see how much more you can write each cupping. Like I, I wrote nothing down. I had no clue. I was like, this is yummy. And I didn't even drink coffee back in the day. You have to remember that. I can acknowledge that we're all starting from squat. So yeah, I had no range. I was just really learning to understand to love coffee. So if you don't even love coffee, but you believe in your palate, you can do it. it it'll happen. So uh, yeah, the first things first, just like get a book, be forgiving with yourself and start to pick up on trends, light trends you see in the coffee, but then keep tasting coffees so you can see um, how that note comes up. So if they say there's chocolate on the bag, you know, and you taste chocolate, remember what that felt like and then go eat some chocolate and then go back to that coffee and be like, hmm. That's how chocolate translates in coffee because that's basically what these what the notes are. It's it's roasters and brewers and sommeliers. We've we've created um, this common language, a common thread for describing what we taste and smell. And and so really, like, it's just a matter of toning down and just like paying attention to things so that you can pick up on what that language means means you know it's just like learning a new language learning Spanish you have to see how things translate and um 
sentence orders change, you know, like it's, it's all metaphorical. You just have to, you know, take the time, um, and sit with that coffee and, and work it out. So, um, next bit of advice, (laughs) kind of going hand in hand with that, because that can still be really confusing. I understand that anything with a palette is very intimidating and it's very confusing. So, um, one of the things like tricks that I did a lot was just noticing mouthfeel. So, when I was learning to roast coffee, I was literally learning how to, whoops, um, how to develop roast profiles. So mouthfeel and, and kind of understanding what roast profile this might be and going into it blind was a really, um, it was kind of like that first big step for me to be like, wow, this one has much longer aftertaste. Like that has to be, um, a dark roast or this one felt really thin and quick and the flavor was gone so fast then I know that it's a light roast so even getting like that sort of agency is really powerful and something you can do on the street you can do it bl- like blindly you don't need a flavor wheel in front of you you can kind of just taste coffees and start to recognize wow I had five burnt coffees this week and one beautiful medium roast coffee write it down in your book that's a great start um but yeah, mouthfeel was kind of like an easier an easier way for me to guide into my palate. And then you kind of you kind of learn to connect the dots of like if this is a really thick mouthfeel and it has a dark roast, then you know, what kind of notes do you get with that? Thicker, you know, like dark chocolates, baker's chocolates, molasses, um, maple syrups, all these like heavy things that linger in your mouth um and then it becomes its its whole journey in its own of like what else can I eat or drink that makes that translates the same way which is it that's all it is it's very very simple and that's I love eating I love drinking I love this journey of palate development because it's so simple to do it's so simple to do you just have to put like the thought into what you're doing so the next thing I would recommend would be trying coffee side by side. So maybe now you've you've gotten a bit of a, um, a, a, a grip on um, noticing how coffees leave your mouth, and then you can start noticing directly side by side. Oh, this coffee is obviously so much sweeter than this one and it's really hard to gauge coffees any other way like I would recommend doing them side by side um even doing a cupping so you're putting the grinds in the cup and then filling the cup with water just getting a spoon and tasting it purely like that so the um the brew method isn't really influencing the coffee in any way um and that was big for me that was like after the mouthfeel, that was the biggest cheat for me to be like tasting some side by side. And even if I couldn't come up with a single note, like even if I, I didn't know if it was chocolate or not, um, then I at least felt okay because it was like, I can tell that this one is lighter. I can tell, um, what's, what's making up this cup of coffee. I just don't have the vocabulary yet. Um, so that's kind of step two, just tasting coffee side by side. I always like the comparison of, you know, I'm an, I'm an identical twin and it's easy to look at Shelby and I and assume that we are exactly the same. We're the same person. Our personalities look the same from afar. Um, but the more time you spend with us, the closer you get to us, it's so blaringly obvious how different we are, right? So um, 
coffee is just like that. It can look the same from afar, but the more you get to know it, the more time you spend with it, um, you really see those walls come down and it will present you these personalities that were not the same at all. And I think that was a good you know, analogy that got me through a while. It's like, you guys know Shelby. Do you think we're the same person? No. Um, yeah. So like I was saying in the beginning, you can see how all of these things, it's a slow process, you know, noticing the mouthfeel, getting your sensory book and like taking the time to write in it. I know that's so simple, but actually going out and getting a book to write in is like, yay we've started. Um, yeah. And just trying coffee side by side. Once you've done that and you're kind of getting excited and you're noticing things, um, just keep practicing. And I would, I would recommend, um, maybe taking one of those coffees you tried and taking one of them and brewing them in a bunch of different brew styles, which we talk about in our, what is a brew style episode, all the different ways to brew coffee. So, um, yeah, take a coffee, brew it in a bunch of different methods and and see how the flavor translates within the same bean. Because I think it's easy to get kind of cocky and think that we're like really all-star cuppers um, because we've nailed how to notice coffee in a strict cupping setting um, in its purest form. But coffee changes all the time. I've been blown away at the amount of times that I'm like... <sighs> that was horrible. And it's coffee I've roasted. And I'm like, wow, they did not brew that well. Um, so brewing is a huge factor in roasting coffee. I mean, I put so much work into roasting the coffee and then it can just be destroyed the minute you brew it. So noticing how to taste those differences in the brew method gives you better agency over what you're choosing to buy and how you want to brew it. If that makes any sense. So, um, yeah, I think those are like my kind of little tips to start with. Um, and if you'd like to come to one of my sensory cuppings, I think it'd be really cool, um, to do some one-on-one work, show you how to literally, um, taste things and learn to translate that, um, show you what they're like in coffee. Cause sometimes it is as simple as just somebody standing with you and being like, this coffee is so full of milk chocolate and blueberry. And then you taste it and it's kind of like, oh, now I know where to look for. And that's what those bags, that's what the sensory notes are intended to do on coffee bags. Um, but I feel like sometimes it just gets like, you know, I've brewed this coffee so many times and I don't, I've never pulled out blueberry. And it's like, maybe you're using a really harsh brewing method that's just washing away that delicate blueberry note. Um, so yeah, it's really exciting. Um, don't be discouraged because I feel like I've been in coffee for about four years and I have a very sharp palate because I cup like three or four times a week. I'm always tasting coffees. I'm constantly brewing them in different ways. Um, but I understand people don't have access like that all the time. So it is a process, but you'll get there. I think if you're going to ask me what to brew with, I think a Kamex does the best job of pulling out all the beautiful flavors in a coffee. Um, the shape of the Kamex just slows down um, the brewing process and just pulls out all the flavor. Whereas with a French press, you're kind of getting all of the coffee together and just plunging the grounds to the bottom. So you're getting more texture and mouthfeel. So if you're at the very beginning stages of coffee and you really want to get a heightened idea of what mouthfeel is like, maybe a French press would be your better option if you're brewing consistently. 
<laughs> That's to say, you know, if you brew a French press and you let it steep for six minutes one day and eight minutes another day, obviously your answers are going to vary because one is way more overextracted. So there's a lot of consistency that comes into play. Um, but yeah, I just recommend trying a bunch of coffees. Try it out, eat the food, and see where this palate journey takes you. It's been a lot of fun for me. Okay, so I think that's I think that's all we'd like to say about this. Um, if you guys have any questions, let me know. I get really jazzed talking about this, and I feel like sometimes I just miss important details. So I would love to share more. Um, please let me know what you think. Drink better coffee. It's going to be a beautiful day. I don't know what else to say. I love you. Take care. Goodbye.